This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. I am often moved, sometimes profoundly, sometimes humorously, and many times surprisingly, by the things I see around me. Silly posters for garage sales, house cleaning services, or guitar lessons, Posters pasted up on buildings touting a dating service specifically for people who have pets or ominous signs asking you to determine if you too could possibly have a life-threatening disease by answering yes to a series of fairly mundane questions. Now, for whatever reason, when I see these masses of images surrounding me, I can't help but feel that they may have some divine purpose or be part of some bigger plan, a master message of sorts. I guess what I'm saying is that you could probably call me an anti-existentialist. I can't help but try to connect the dots of my visual landscape, looking for some grander purpose, perhaps an answer to the origins of the universe, or maybe something more simple, why we do the things that we do to ourselves and each other, in our culture, and to humanity. Nevertheless, despite the sensory overload of messaging in Manhattan, I must confess that I haven't found many answers yet. However, there is a little church I pass on my walk to work every day, and they often have handwritten 8.5 by 11 posters in the window box in front of the church. Usually they are advertising the upcoming sermon during the upcoming Sunday services or a potluck dinner on Friday night. This last week, however, featured two rather innocuous signs that not only made me pause, they also forced me to pull my cell phone out and snap pictures of them. Both of them made me smile. Both of them brought me to some pattern recognition as I could connect them to other events that were in synchronicity with manners of living these days, and both, in a lovely turn of double or triple entendres, gave me unsolicited advice that I felt compelled to take. The first poster was a handwritten one, color poster, probably made with a nearly out-of-ink dry magic marker. It was taped to the front of the window box as it was clearly a last-minute notice. It said simply, no confessions today. I was riveted. I was surprised. I felt forewarned. I went onto my office and shared the picture of the poster with my workmates, and about an hour later scrawled in green magic marker on one of those rather ugly erasable boards near my office. My darling colleague, my darling colleague Gregory, put up the same message. No confessions today. Everyone laughed, but I felt just a twinge of sadness and disappointment as I realized that part of what is so wonderful about being close to people and sharing the remarkable lives we are all leading is the unique ability we have to share our deepest thoughts, fears, anxieties, secrets, in short, to trust each other with our confessions. For like love and fear and hunger and sleep and sex, trust seems one of the qualities of life that must be experienced fully. The other sign was one I saw yesterday for a church class, but this one was far more promising and optimistic. First, it was actually typeset, and it used two different fonts, so it was far more professional looking. But it had a most ominous feel, which matched the following boldly portrayed message. 
God, sex, and the meaning of life. Oh, if it were only that easy. I couldn't help but wonder if there, in that little church class, held all the answers to all the questions we have in life. Is there a higher purpose? Is there a higher being watching over us, determining our destiny, our paths, and our actions? And what, for goodness sakes, does sex have to do with it? I am not sure when the class is, but I am certainly going to try to take it. Ultimately, in some small and wondrous way, I think design can help us determine who we are and why we are and what we want to be or hope to become. It might not have the power to get us there. That, I think, resides in our actions and our commitment to those actions. But I do think it can give us the information and the impetus and the inspiration to at least become more awake. I ask you, I ask, I ask us all to look around, really see the things around us, the innocuous, beautiful things, electrical grids, manhole covers, fire hydrants, fences, abandoned railroads, vacant lots, front lawns, trolley poles, doorbells, dilapidated buildings, mailboxes, broken down neon signs, things with messages or without that are all very poignant and necessary. I ask us all, I ask myself, to try and see things that we don't see but could and should. I think all of these things connect us to society and to culture and to each other. Common vision connects us to common experiences, which can connect us to common vocabulary and ultimately to a common, connected, and very special sense of trust. Yes, I do think that design can accomplish all of that. Well, dear listeners, welcome to the second season of Design Matters. I'm so incredibly grateful to have this remarkable forum to talk about so many things I think matter, design, anthropology, the psychology of our choices and how they mark and intersect with our culture, our lifestyles, our rituals, our brands, and the way we define and find meaning in our lives. With me today on our second season premiere are two of the most exciting and talented and authentic designers working today. They are Maureen Morioka and Sean Adams from the firm Adams Morioka. Let me tell you a little bit before a little bit more about them before we start talking. Sean Adams and Noreen Morioka founded Adams Morioka in nineteen ninety three. The firm's manifesto included an approach of clarity, purity, and resonance as applies to content, form, and business. In nineteen ninety seven, just four years after they joined together, They were named to International Design Magazine's ID40, a list of the 40 most influential designers with international influence. Recently, in a feature article for the Los Angeles Times, Adams Morioka was described as major influences of popular culture at the end of the century. They have both lectured extensively throughout the world and have received the Award of Distinction from the International Design Annual Review and they are both fellows of the International Design Conference at Aspen. Sean is a past president of the AIGA LA chapter and serves on the national board of the American Institute of Graphic Arts. He currently teaches design history at California Institute of the Arts. And while he is doing all of that, Noreen has been credited as one of the forces behind a renewed movement in the design world toward a simpler, direct approach. She is also the president of the AIGA Los Angeles chapter. Their amazing client list includes ABC Television, Frank Gehry Associates, The Gap, MTV Networks, Nickelodeon and Nick at Night, Old Navy, Samsung, VH1, and the Walt Disney Company. Welcome, Noreen and Sean. Wow. Thank you, Debbie. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, did I lie about anything? It's all true. 
Well, I I don't know. I think that was someone else's bio, but you know. I think I think though um, there was a question about your current uh, leadership of the uh, LA AIGA Norea. Yeah, I, I, I did I did get a, I did get an email about that. for the current president who would be Nick Hodges. <laughs> yes. Damn. Yes. Well, you know, I still wear the hat, it's, and I, I it's it's a very tall hat. Uh huh. She's and more I, than willing to accept the power <laughs> as often as possible. Oh, I love oh, to yes. credit for Mick Hodgson anytime. So okay. Thank you, Mick, for letting me be president once. <laughs> but um, no, congratulations, Debbie, on your second year. That's really fabulous. That thank you. you. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. So I was looking at your website and trying to um, come up with some really tough questions for you guys. Um, but the first one I want to ask you is, is about the way that you've segmented your website. You have two different areas that you can go into. One is thinking. And the other is making. Not thinking. <laughs> thinking, joking. Thinking, thinking and not thinking very much. Okay, thinking is one, making is the other. What do you consider to be the distinction? Oh. You, know, you know, it's funny. When, when, we, when we started to pull the website together, I was kind of loath to even have the, the making section in there, um, partially because I felt like it's just going to be eye candy without any meaning. Um, and And... You know, hopefully what we do is a little bit more thinking. But as we started to pull it together, I realized that one of the things that that we enjoy and that we have a lot of passion is actually making things, um, which doesn't mean it's without any kind of you know, backup thought or strategy. And that started to become kind of important to us. And we were able to sort of distill down specifically what do we do. And we clearly, we think about things and we make we do, as opposed to simply like, well, we just want to make things and we don't want to actually like have any meaning in it and just is about craft. But at the same time, I don't want to go to the other end and say, well, we just are, you know, sort of broad thinkers with, with big theories. Um, there's something sort of wonderful about the tactile effect of making something and having something physical in your hands. Well, how do you bridge the thinking and the making? Is there anything specific that you do to connect the two dots? In a way, I almost think they sort of, if you're doing your job right, they go hand in hand. They sort of happen simultaneously. That um, um, It's hard for us to actually stop and, and look at a problem and start to come to solutions without automatically thinking of visual solutions that are going to apply to it as well. Um, and we sort of, you know, the, the, the visual is sort of the driver of the idea. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, you know, well, you know, I mean, everyone, everyone has that experience. You come up with some great idea, and you start to play it out visually, and it just looks like dog shit, you know, and you're just sort of... Ooh, Sean, you get the winner for the first swear word on this show. Well, what do you consider to be dog shit? I mean, what is dog shit? I think dog shit is in the eye of the beholder, as is yeah. everything else. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's funny, I'm working on a project right now, and then it's one of those situations where everything I'm doing is like, good God, that's ugly. Um, and well, I, define and ugly, much, define ugly. Yeah, it's not so much aesthetically like, gee, that's displeasing to look at, it's just a mess. That there, it, it, when I when I think something is really ugly and it's sort of in the dog shit category, it's, um, it, it's it's too hard to access. It's um, it's trying kind of too hard. Mass, it's trying too hard. There's a mass of ideas all jamming into one thing, um, and it looks like dog shit. Well, in the end, it's just confusing. It's just sort of like, and, and actually, I think Noreen hit it right on the head. It's like anything that looks like it's trying too hard. If you got to work really hard to figure it out, something's wrong. So what do you what is the distinction in your minds between something that's ugly and something that's dog shit? Um, I mean clearly you know it's funny in terms of ugly as an aesthetic I, there are some things in the world that are that are really ugly that I like a lot you know 
know, that I think are just, just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I often love ugliness, I have to say. Yeah, there's some part of it that's just pretty wonderful. Um, but but the ugly that I don't like is the ugly that's desperate. Desperation okay. sort of equals ugly. Desperate ugliness. Well, yeah. you know, I also Just the title of a book for you. There we go. We're going to have to take our first break, but we'll come back and talk about the definition of ugly and the definition of bullshit according to Adams Morioka. I'd like to let everyone know that they're (laughs) listening to the Season 2 premiere of Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the fabulous and fascinating Noreen Morioka and Sean Adams of the design consultancy Adams Morioka. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. to the bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Hi, I'm Rob Wallace. My partners and I run one of the country's premier brand identity and packaging design consultancies, Wallace Church. And if you're like me, you've already become an avid fan of the program that you're listening to, Design Matters. And if you're like me, you want more. You want a deeper dive into some of the strategic and creative issues that have inspired design and affect consumer buying behavior. You want to engage the speakers on a one-to-one basis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in luck. Through the Institute of International Research, a three-day conference is being held in Manhattan's Grand Dame on April 18th through 20th. The conference name is Fuse, and its focus is on the synergy of brand strategy, design, and performance. It promises to be the year's most informative brand identity industry event. Debbie Millman of Design Matters will join Cheryl Swanson to host an elite group of brand identity thought leaders from the marketing, design, and consumer insights worlds. You'll hear from Mary Ann Pesch, the president of Gillette Company's personal care division, on the identity strategies that have shaped some of the most successful world brand launches. Design Matters guests Professor Grant McCracken will analyze the cultural trends that affect consumer interactions with brands. Stanley Hainsworth, global creative director of Starbucks, will be sharing the critical role that design played in the success of that brand phenom, And I will be moderating a panel of corporate design leaders from Nestle, Unilever Foods, Sharing Plow, and the retailer CVS, where you can directly engage them with your questions. This event is dedicated to delivering the most forward-thinking and inspirational as well as real-world and actionable criteria into how you can optimize brand identity in your organization. It is simply not to be missed. For more information, call 888-670-8200. That's 888-670-8200. 670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD for brand identity package design. Again, www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD. Mention Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. I look most forward to meeting you on April 18th at the Plaza here in New York City. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On Managing Technology the Right Way, we'll talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its associated risks. Heard every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Sun Jogal, the host of Managing Technology the Right Way, will interview business leaders and other experts that have shaped the way we use technology. If you want to keep up with the changing world of technology, listen to Managing Technology the Right Way with Sun Jogal every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business.
Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.18 Eastern Time. It is 12.18 Pacific Time, where Sean and Noreen are. And you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the wonderful and funny Noreen Morioka and Sean Adams of the design consultancy, Adams Morioka. If you'd like to join our conversation, and why wouldn't you? If you have a question for any of us, please call 1-866-233-7861. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about the distinction between what is ugly and what is bullshit. Um, but I'd like to actually move on to another topic that's just slightly more cerebral. Um, I'd like to talk to you guys about what you do and your company and, and how you have managed to get as far as you have. Your company sort of took the world by storm. I cannot remember a time when you both weren't famous. I mean, you were included in the ID40 Most Influential Designers in 1997. What were you guys, like 20 then? How did you break out of the gate with such speed and ferocity and resonance? You know, I'm going to answer that one, Sean. And the reason why I'm going to answer is because it has to do with Sean. No, it has to do with Noreen. No. <laughs> oh, God. Are we going to no, go no, I have to tell you, this guy, Sean, we were, and this is no joke, we were at Disneyland one day, and both of us were complaining about our jobs. And we walked, of course, from the main area into Tomorrowland. I know it sounds terribly hokey, but we walked into Tomorrowland, got on the people mover, and Sean said, we should just start our own company. And... At that moment, he looked at me and said, I think we should base our company off of the three words of clarity, purity, and resonance. Wow. wow. Who wouldn't want to be this guy's partner? I mean, really? Well, actually, a year later, I did ask the same question. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear about to, that. Yeah, well, who would want to be around this guy? But, um, no, and I think, Sean, really, without vision, you know, we had a really strong stance of what we wanted to do in the design world. And at that time, everything was, like, very postmodern. You know, a thousand different colors. Uh, I like called it the Skittles vomit of colors all over every printed piece. Careful, we design Skittles. Yeah, carefully designed Skittles. <laughs> you know, and Sean and I were realizing the budgets were getting smaller, the bubble popped, and they needed to, you know, clients needed to have a solution that was not only strong and effective, but also, you know, uh, money efficient at the same time. So, so how did you know each other before you started your company? Were you friends? We you, did you go to college together? Tell us some background. We went to college together, and um, which was a long time before we started out in Morioka, and and we met actually I think a registration. I, uh, and, you know, we both went to CalArts in in the eighties, sort of you know, early mid eighties. So imagine registration with you know the sort of sea of people in black with strange tattoos and you know hippie long stocking hair and you know just doped out shooting heroin in the corner kind of thing and um and i look across the room and i think i was wearing like a tennis sweater you know and you were wearing 501s i think 501s and a polo shirt right and noreen's wearing like pink pedal pushers and i'm like yeah i'll get to know her she's someone i can talk to um and so it was that really shallow sort of First glance, like-minded. Yeah, we were like, okay, well, we're the only people in here that aren't taking dope on a regular basis. So <laughs> it's really good, ad- good advertising for CalArts, by the way. <laughs> I, know, really good. I, I, I really <laughs> hope that nobody from CalArts is listening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
you know, I teach her now, and the funny thing is, it's like, it's so different. It's like everyone's so, like, they do their work, and they're cleaned up, and I'm like, what happened, like, in the 80s when it was just, you know, like a, a mess of, like, nudity and, like, you know, debauchery? But um, That's happening here now. It's sterling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I've been to your office. Yeah, boy. Jeez. But, I mean, if I could only sit outside of your window when you're in there naked, I'd be <laughs> In any case, so was it what had it, so was it this combustible kind of falling in love moment between the two of you? How did yeah, it start? I, I think we just started to like sort of hang out with each other and oh, I'm um, gonna vomit. You know, we didn't really like we it, we were actually two years apart and so we weren't in the same class and um when we graduated, um I, I ended up moving to New York and worked in New York for a few years and Noreen moved to Tokyo and, and worked there at Land and Associates. And um I ended up back in Los Angeles uh, a few years later, and, um, you know, finally was working as the design director at April Grime, and, and uh, we needed a senior designer, and so I'd heard Noreen was thinking about moving back, so you know, I called her up and said, you know, would you come back and be our senior designer, and, and, you know, graciously, thank God, she said yes, and so we spent about three years together there, and um, and it was sort of towards the end of that time that we started talking about, you know, maybe we should do our own thing, you know, this is... And it wasn't a rejection so much of what we were doing at the time. It was more of, of an understanding that that we'd gotten to a point in our careers where either we're going to have to make a shift and le- make the leap and do our own thing or just sort of settle and continue to work for someone else for the rest of our lives. And um, we really felt strongly, I mean, and it, it, it does sound corny, but it really did feel like a mission at the time that if we could just clean up the world a little bit and sort of simplify it all <laughs> and get away from the the, you know, multi-layered complexity that wasn't just the look of things, but the way business was being done. Right. You know, that, you know, contracts were written that were like 30-page contracts in this sort of fake designee language that made no sense to clients. And, and, the, and, and I think the basic the client-designer relationship had gotten pretty adversarial. And um, we didn't think it, it had to be that way. It seemed like there was no reason why it couldn't be honest and direct. We could speak in plain English. And we could truly work with people, and um, and for whatever reason, I did. You know, we just thought that was just an obvious idea. Of course, you know, like why wouldn't you do that? And I remember we were asked to speak at the first AIJ business conference. Um, Great, Sean, bring that up. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Okay, uh, there's a story there, so let's hear it. There was a story there. Um, you know, the funny thing is, like, like we were lucky that when we first started, for whatever reason, like grace of God or whatever, we did get a lot of airplay and. Um, I think part of it had to do with we were sort of talking about an idea that was pretty contrary at the time. When everyone else was talking about degenerated typography and experimentation and, you know, layering and, you know, we're sort of saying, ah, uh, no, back off, let's go the other direction. And um, so when we went to speak at the that first business conference, you know, I think we were way too big for our britches. I mean, we were, thinking, <laughs> we were like, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. And, um, and we just bombed bad. I mean, it was one of those, like, tragedies. Like, you're on stage, and the seconds seem like minutes, you know. like. Did you get booed? We didn't get booed. It was a very polite golf match applause. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it, it, it was. I think it was an issue of, like, you know, there was, there was like, sort of backstage problems. There was, like, it was the first time Marina and I had ever done this together. I thought she was going to be hilarious, and she turned out to be, like, Lucy, like, on television, just standing <laughs> with the camera. No, it was more like Hello Kitty, Sean. <laughs> I want to get back that, to that in a minute, but we have a, a caller on the line. We have Grace from San Jose. Grace, welcome to Design Matters. 
Hi, thanks for uh, taking my call. Oh my I God. really loved uh, Adams Morioka stuff for the longest time, even before Noreen was Adams Morioka, because I'm her sister. Oh, <laughs> hello, sister. That's really embarrassing, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this the first time you guys have talked in about 25 years? Oh my God. <laughs> My sister Clay, here you have a new phone number. Yeah, hey, we're talking on the radio. <laughs> and Noreen's always been really ahead of her time. I got to say, you know, the stuff she was doing back in CalArts. Frankly, the family stood there and said, "We just don't understand this stuff." So, um, you know, now she's really. I have to say, ten years later, her her um, the things she did back in college are extremely present day. So she's always been ahead of her time. I'm very proud of her. Well, while we have a family member on the line, why don't you tell us something that very few people know about Noreen that we could use against her in the future? Oh, my God, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, because we have three minutes till our break. One thing about Noreen, huh? Um, it, it, when she comes to family gatherings, is she is the wall of sound. There is absolutely no <laughs> other That we already know, Grace, sorry. <laughs> Now, I have to tell you, I'm, really, I'm very fortunate. I have two older sisters, and Grace is one of the reasons why I'm the way that I am. Oh, God. Oh, thank you're you, Grace. Place. Yeah, thank so, you. Grace, I have to thank you and blame you at the same time for beating the crap out of me, but that's okay. I <laughs> love you. <laughs> my sister, Grace, actually was valedictorian. My, my whole family was overachievers, right? It's, it's sweet that Grace is on the phone, but Grace, valedictorian, did everything, got 4.0s, and then when it came to the little sister, I had to find some place to do something great at. And um, I ended up becoming a basketball player, but no. And then I ended up starting to do design. So it was my way of communicating without, you know, writing a long, long dissertation about what was going on. And I think that's what, you know, you do, you do come from your family. You do get these um, situations that do help you grow. So um, for me, it was creating images and icons that made some type of sense. Sean, so, how do you think you were influenced by your family? Oh, my wacky family. Um, no, I'm really lucky that, that I think everyone in my family has always sort of, you know, embraced the idea of, it's not nutty, but um, questioning and, and, you know, like don't just accept authority as it is and, and sort of move forward. And, and, you know, there's always, I've always been really fortunate. I have a huge amount of, like, background support from them. Yes, and, you know, since he's been with Noreen this long as as a partner, we've kind of made him an honorary Japanese guy anyway. Right. Oh, okay. Well, we're nearing our next break, so I'd like to let all our listeners know that they are listening to the Season 2 premiere of Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the fabulous and very funny Noreen Morioka and Sean Adams of the design consultancy Adams Morioka. We also have had a guest appearance from Noreen's sister, Grace. <laughs> we will be right back with our broadcast Thanks, after Grace. these messages. Please don't go away. <laughs> Flood and you need answers. Get connected. Call 1-866-233-7861. Good afternoon. I'm Pamela DeCesar of Brand Muse, and I'm excited to talk with you about the upcoming Brand Identity and Package Design Conference in April in New York City. 
I've been involved in this event for a number of years and love the yearly discussions that examine marketing, design, research, and production trends and get to the heart of the most pressing issues facing us in the industry today. Discover the reality of design in corporate America and the paradox of packaging. Design gurus Bruce Mao and John Maida, along with brand leaders from Gillette, General Mills, and MTV, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face and will deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom-line impact through innovative strategy and design. Highlights this year include a dynamic multi-speaker symposium focused on capturing the global market, more speakers and sessions than ever before, Two new interactive workshops on making better color choices and breaking out of the box to achieve packaging innovation. A panel discussion on how two functions, creative and research, can work together effectively. Plus a cocktail party to connect and network with colleagues and friends. For more information, call 888-670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD or email register at iirusa.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. So rise to the challenge. Consider this conference an investment in your brand's future. Clear your calendar and prepare to walk away with inspiration, insight, and creative new ideas to implement when you return to the office. So see you in the Big Apple at the Plaza, April 18th through the 20th. Business talk is all we do. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Achieve Total Wealth Management. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Roe Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern on Business America Radio. Three-Dimensional Wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a values-based approach to comprehensive total wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road of financial independence. Listen to Three-Dimensional Wealth with Roe Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, businessamericaradio.com. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Live from the Empire State Building, you are listening to the Season 2 premiere of Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the only talk radio show on the air focusing on issues relating to graphic design, branding, and culture. I am Debbie Millman, your host, and my guests today are the lovely Noreen Morioka and Sean Adams of the design consultancy Adams Morioka. We'll see if any more of the Morioka clan calls in. If you want to join our conversation or have a question for either of us, unless you're a Morioka, please call 1-866-233-7861. And we do actually have a slew of callers in the queue. First, we have John from New York. John, welcome to Design Matters. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Sean, Noreen, I think your work is great. And um, I have a question for you that kind of relates to Sean's comments on dog shit. Um, I was wondering, like, is there any work that you guys have out there that, 
you know, has gotten a lot of kind of exposure that you kind of feel is a milestone around your neck. Like, I find that, you know, with all the publications where people tend to pick up and see your work or different kind of websites or award shows, is there anything out there that people are always like, oh, hey, that thing that you guys did that you feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe so many people know we did that? Yeah, thank, thank you for the compliment. That's nice to hear. Um, and, um, you know, the funny thing is I think a lot of times the stuff that gets published, it, it, it always tends to lag a little bit. You know, it's like a year or two in, in lagging. And so by the time it gets it gets out there, you're like, God, I'm so sick of that project. You know, I've seen it to death. And um, and then there's some things you, yeah, exactly, you wish would just sort of go away. Um, I, there was an article that um, Critique Magazine did a few years ago, and they asked us to supply them with our best and our worst. But, of course, you don't really want to show your worst because it's really bad. Right, right. And, uh, you know, like, well, can we show the bad but not the extraordinarily embarrassingly, like, career-ruining bad. <laughs> and and so, and then, then you're best, you know, but then they have this, they sort of said, look, you have to give us something that's never been published before. So that sort of limited it. And so the thing we picked as our best was a perfectly nice poster we had done for a film festival. But, it, it, you know, it's fine. It wasn't like anything spectacular. And to this day, people come up and say, you really think that was your best, huh? <laughs> well, I have restraints, okay? You know, I'm doing my best here. And, um, you know, but half the time, frankly, we're just we're just like you know, we just feel we're lucky to get any sort of publication at all. You know, that, that, you know. Right. No, I just said that there's a lot of times that like you'll see stuff out there, or I'll see stuff of yours repeated, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, like because there's that lag, like you just feel like, oh my god, like if one more person comes up to me and says, hey, that film poster, man, I saw it everywhere, and you're just kind of like, oh my god, no, please make it go away. I mean, yeah. I think that's the nature of design. How you know you do the stuff and it goes out there, and then it's always interesting how it comes back to you in one way or another. Well, oh. I actually find it happens a lot, like with the with the fact that we might be working on a television network. So you know, you'll do something like um, like you know, revamping Nickelodeon or revamping Nick at Night, and you know, a couple years down the road, they've done a new reface. So like Nick at Night's a totally new reface than what we had done, but people assume it's still yours. Absolutely, because they said, "Oh, you didn't you do Nick at Night?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and they're like, no, I didn't do the current one, you know, and and so it's um, yeah, that, that is, so that's exactly a good point. No, I've got a good one for you though. I have one that relates to your question. Excellent. Um, you know what? When we first started our company, we, we put our headshots on our, a postcard, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever seen this one, but it was Sean and I, and Sean had glasses on, and I had sunglasses on, and it said Adams Morioka underneath it. It was kind of pizza, pizza, like there's Adams Morioka, and it says Adams Morioka underneath. Sure, sure. I think I see. Yeah, and then you know the year following, we decided to do another one, and then we realized that you know people were taking criticism to that, saying, "God, you guys are so egocentric. You always put your picture on your postcards," and you know, it wasn't we were egocentric. It's you know, quite frankly, you're kind of branding yourself. Right. And sure, the kickback sure. that happened recently is I gave a lecture someplace and somebody walked up to me and said, "My God, you've changed so much since that postcard." <laughs> we actually sent like, another postcard, but you use different people's photos that aren't Adams or Morioka. Yeah, and now we do that. Yes, I think that's yeah. a little bit better. We, we have the age of of showing yourself. Well, after the last well, thank you, that was right. I appreciate your time. You know. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for calling, John. We have another caller on the line. We have Stephen from New Jersey. Stephen, welcome to Design Matters. Hello. Thank you, Debbie. Hello, Sean. Hello, Noreen. Hello. Nice to speak to you. Uh, I have a question that's kind of related to the last caller, but uh, I know that VH1 has recently redone their logo. Uh And I just wanted to get your thoughts on the new one and also how it feels when someone redoes some work that you've already done. Nice question. 
It is a good question. That's a really good question. It's actually something I think we've struggled with for a long time. Um, And a few years ago, I think we started to actually realize that that a statement Fred Seibert, who who was you know sort of one of the one of the geniuses of the, the cable industry, told us, which was basically, if your work's right on television for 15 minutes, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. It's going to get changed. You have no control over it. You have to sort of give up ownership at a certain point. And, um, and I really do try to take that attitude now, like you know, to try to hang on to it as a little sort of egocentric and and you know maniacal. <laughs> so, Mm-hmm. Sort of allow things to evolve and shift. Um, and yeah, as for the VH1 mark, um, I got to tell you, I, I really liked what we had done the first go around. It was a good, solid, no nonsense solution. And um, I don't know what the business reasons were for the new mark. So it's sort of hard to comment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, formally, yeah, I'm not crazy about it, but for all I know, that may be exactly the right solution for their business needs. What, what about it that you like, Sean? Because it's very polarizing logo. Nancy Mazai did that, uh, and she's an in-house creative director at VH1, right. and she's a lovely, lovely, very, very talented woman. And uh, I know it's just gotten quite a lot of press, both positive and negative, in terms of its appropriateness. So, I mean, it's a vastly revolutionary change from the original mark and then the redesigned mark that you did. Um, right. What do you Tell us what you like or what you don't like about it. Well, I think, you know, I mean, at the, at the core of the issue is the business problem, which is um, if the network is changing its direction radically in terms of programming, then it makes perfect sense to shift the mark to something brand new. If it's not, I don't see the point in losing all, all of the built equity that the previous mark had. Um, you know, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars that have been spent to build equity in that mark to just ditch it just for the sake of new. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, if, but if indeed the network you know, we're saying, well, we're going to go down a brand new path, we have a new demographic, we have a new programming model, then it makes great sense. Um, and I'm not sure it did. From what I can tell on the air, there doesn't seem to be a brand new demographic shift or programming model. And so I, I sometimes get a little concerned about, are we changing things just for the sake of changing them? Did you have anything to do with the uh, MTV2 logo, either the first or the second one? No, I didn't. But I, have you ever seen number 17? Oh, of course. I actually saw the de- the design that Emily and Bonnie did that didn't make it to the air, which was the MTV with the two part of the uh, TV part of the yeah. logo, which was an amazing, which was amazing, which I believe is in the, I don't know if it's the April issue of Step Magazine in the back of the, they're in their comic strip, which is, it, it talks about that, that particular identity, which is wonderful. Uh, well, thank you for calling, Stephen. Did, did you thank have you your questions question. answered? Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Sean and Irene, let's talk about some of your, your other work. Uh, you've done substantial amounts of work for MTV. Uh, we talked about VH1 a little bit. I'd like to talk about Sundance. I'd like to talk about um, work that you've done for uh, some of the other television networks. But let's start with MTV first. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Tell us what you've done and tell us what the experience was like. Well, for MTV, it's not actually MTV MTV, but it's MTV Network. Networks, yes. Yeah. owns um, Nickelodeon and Nick at Night and, and previously named CNN. Um, and so we were fortunate enough that we'd been asked to um, take a new look at Nickelodeon and and not just the sort of the refacing and the, the look of it, but, you know, how it was working internally and some of the issues in terms of how creative was being ordered or the primary message internally and externally. And that was a great project, absolutely one of my favorites we've ever done. Um, and that sort of led 
And the thing I love about that work, someone asked me, actually, Cheryl Tower Weiss, who's a designer in Chicago, asked me last week, what is it about this, this stuff you like so much? Is it the graphic quality of, of the, the shows? And, um, and I said, no, no, not at all. I actually I love the fact that, for the most part, um, especially with Nick Jr., it's good stuff. It's like, it's programming that is good for kids. It's the right thing to do. It, it's not, it, it's ethically, it feels right. And, I, and I'm glad to have something to do to help promote that. But that has a lot to do with Brown Johnson as well. In what way? Well, I mean. Who's the president of Nick Jr.? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what way did it have to do with that, though? Well, I think that not only did she create this network, but she also had, um, she is Nick Jr. When you, when you, it's very hard sometimes when you meet, a client, you ask them about their, their company or their brand, and you have them answer what their promises or, or what their morals and ethics are, you know, it's done by committee sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. But in this case with her, because she created this uh, network, and it really all the ideas and the thoughts come from, you know, the beginning and the creation of, of her, her ideas, um, it's wonderful to relate it to one person. Well, I do think that there is a fundamental shift that's occurring now in our culture where very senior management within corporations is taking design a lot more seriously. And, you know, it's about time, but, you know, whether it be lastly at P&G or Jay Gould at Pepperidge Farm or now the people that you're working with at Nickelodeon, I think that that's when you get the opportunity to do really powerful design that can truly resonate in our culture. Well, I think so. And there's one thing that, you know, going back to the, the dog shit conversation when we first started off with, mm-hmm. is, you know, to add to that is that I really believe when you see great things, really beautiful objects, and some things that are beautiful are very complicated and crazy and could be con- considered ugly, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that makes it beautiful or one th- one reason that makes it significant is it's truthful. Right. right? Well, yeah, I, I equate beauty with authenticity. Yeah, Absolutely. absolutely. And I think you're right. I think there is a very huge change right now in the corporate world where we're asking people to be honest and truthful. You know, enough of this already. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the brands that really hit home to to people. Because quite frankly, it's not about really an Excel spreadsheet. You know, yes, an Excel spreadsheet is what we gauge and have the metrics of if it's popular or successful. But in reality, what builds that Excel spreadsheet is what people are, are saying, what people are doing and how they're responding. And that has to go back down once again, to being that humanistic approach to dealing with a solution. Absolutely. So, yeah, you look at Brown and you say to yourself, wow, here's somebody I have a conversation with, not a conversation with a network, a conversation with a person. You right. Know? Well, clarity, theory, and resonance. There you have it. Um, we will be back in a few moments after our next break, and we have a listener waiting on the line as well. Don't go away. More and more people are starting their day with informative, focused business talk. Top experts. Today's business issues. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Cheryl Swanson from Tonic. I'm going to be chairing the upcoming brand identity and package design event April 18th through 20th at the Plaza Hotel with Debbie Millman. Debbie and I have been co-chairing this event together for many years, and this year will be the biggest event of its history. We love this conference because it integrates marketing, design, research, and production issues. You'll learn from more than 45 design and marketing leaders about paths to success and pitfalls to avoid. Join Gillette, MTV, Starbucks, 
General Mills, P&G Beauty, Dell, the Clorox Company, Master Foods, Estee Lauder, Dial, Microsoft, Hallmark Cards, Unilever, CVS, Nestle, Coors, and Texas Instruments at the event of the year. Go in-depth on the topics most important to you. Enjoy candid conversations, catch up with old friends, and meet new colleagues at the plaza. Gain usable insights from thought leaders like Marianne Pesch, President of Personal Care at Gillette, John Maida from MIT, Stanley Hainsworth, Global Creative Director at Starbucks, Bruce Mao, Stefan Sagmeister, and lots of other visionaries. For more information, call 1-888-670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD or email register at IIRUSA.com. Mention Design Matters and you'll receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. Looking forward to seeing you April 18th at the Plaza in New York City. Business talk is all we do. Voice America Business at VoiceAmerica.com. Are your accounts stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic? Are your finances flowing at two miles an hour? It's time to crank your cash into high gear by tuning in to Making Sense of Financial Nonsense with Bullseye Bruce Horowitz. Every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Bullseye Bruce will give you no-nonsense, common-sense financial advice that anyone can understand, as well as bring you clarity on some of the most complex and confusing financial issues today. So get out of that traffic jam and listen to Making Sense of Financial Nonsense every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Are you interested in the immigration laws that are increasingly affecting the way we all live? Then you need to tune in to Learner on Immigration every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Business America Radio. Host Brian Lerner, a certified specialist in immigration and nationality law, will give you updates on current immigration laws and allow you to call in and have your questions answered. The immigration policies of this country affect us all. Find out how on Learner on Immigration with certified specialist Brian Lerner. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in Business Talk, BusinessAmericaRadio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now, back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 3.47 Eastern Time, 12.47 Pacific Time, and you're listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the Empire State Building in New York City. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the wonderful Noreen Morioka and Sean Adams of the Design Consultancy, Adams Morioka. We've been talking about dog shit, and we've been talking about ugliness, and we've been talking about logos, and now I want to ask Sean and Noreen about some of the work that they have done for Sundance and Robert Redford. Can you tell us a little bit about your history with the channel and the network? Um, hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone says, like, oh, you work with Robert Redford. What does he look like? Blah, blah, blah. He's hot. I just yeah. want to let you know this. I just saw the hot whisper again the other day, and I was mesmerized. He's hot. We were in this meeting together, and he kind of had his shirt unbuttoned a little bit lower than it should be. 
And he caught me checking out his chest. I was so embarrassed. What did he do? What did he do? See, this is what we really want to know on Design Matters. (laughs) Tell us about Robert Redford. He actually looked over at me and said, are you checking out my chest? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And you you admitted it? Yeah, I did. He's hot. And That's all I do. Poor Sean has to give all the presentations because all I do is sit there and stare at him. And so tell, tell us about some of the work that you've done. Well, I think we for the watching. network, not for Robert. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there was that lunch we had. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, we, we actually we started out uh, a few years ago working with um, Jan Fleming, who's the creative director of Sundance. And, and she has to sort of look at the, sort of the whole family. You know, the Sundance Channel, there's farms, there's uh, you know, the Sundance Resort, and um, the festival, the Institute. So we sort of started to look at that as a whole and try to figure out you know, how does it fit back together again and bits and pieces. And then we just started to tackle, you know, segments. So the channel um, was one of the first things that, that we went towards. And, the, the, the you know, the thing the thing about Sundance, and I'm not going to use the word brand because it's actually one of those words that Robert Redford isn't that crazy about, and understandably, it's, you know, it, it's more of the spirit. And that spirit comes really directly from him. And, and it's a good example of, you know, top-down, um, you know, Osmosis that that should be taking place, and and so everything that we do for them has to follow this sort of simple model that Bob has, which is the idea of art, nature, and commerce having equal parts in anything that happens. And they're all so it's an equal balance of all three. Exactly, like a triangle: art, nature, commerce. Okay. Equal balance, and and so the channel, you know, was sort of like okay, let's do a reface. Let's talk about their pro- original programming, different ways that that they might you know evolve, and um, you know, in the end, it was. It was sort of a no-brainer. We got rid of all the graphics, which probably isn't smart as a graphic design firm, but um, we just decided it wasn't a network about graphic design. It was a network about artistic integrity and ideas and and film. And so we just set up a system where anything can happen on the screen at any time, and there's just a little bit of typography that happens in the same spot over, you know, if you need information. And that's it. Um, Just open it up so it's always to the viewer, always something new whenever they turn it on. Um, and then theoretically, that would also keep it interesting for the people in-house. The they would constantly be sort of acting as curators of, of the stuff. And, um, and then after that, we moved on to the festival. And so for the last, I think, three years, we're on our fourth year now, um, we've worked on the, the, the film festival, which is another sort of exciting thing to do um, in, in, a, in a bigger sense than simply being like, oh, let's, let's design something groovy for a film festival. It's more about, okay, this is a bigger Sundance idea, the bigger Sundance message. This is the primary vehicle that it's being transported with. How do we get that out there? And what is the message we're telling? Um, and once again, I mean, that's a lot of it has to do with Bob and sitting down with him and talking about ideas with him. And, um, you know, unlike a lot of CEOs that you work with that, you know, have like 10 minutes and you've got to sort of come up with some pitch that's going to like, you know, here's 10 minutes, here's your whole company and where you're going in 10 years. He'll sit there for hours with and mm-hmm. really work with you, which is great for Noreen. She just sits there like ogling and ogling and elevating <laughs> like some sort of animal. Like Hello That's Kitty, an interested Hello Kitty. Um, yes. what, which project that you've worked on has given you the most satisfaction? <laughs> like long pause from both. <laughs> I'm you're catching us on a day we don't feel that satisfied. Actually, I think we talked about two of them that we really love. You know, I think... Um, for me, I uh, I love Nick Jr., mm-hmm. right, because I think it is really wonderful that 
we had the opportunity actually to go out in the field and to meet some of these kids and sit down on the floor and watch TV and really understand how parents and kids work together. And so, and we saw a difference happen. And then I, for me, also the same thing with the Sundance Film Festival. I think it's great to like see your work up and running, work with a great team of people in Park City and Salt Lake and also here in Los Angeles, and then get to the film festival and, you know, see it come alive. Right. Yeah, and I, I think for me it, it's probably um, USC, which is, is, is a project where we've been working on for the last couple of years. And, and once again, it's the idea of, like, I know it's a great place to go to school, and I know the work we're doing is increasing admissions, and I have real numbers on it, which is really wonderful when you're like, wow, I got real numbers on results here. Right, um, yeah. And it's a good thing. It's not it's like, I'm, I'm like getting kids to smoke cigarettes. You know, I'm, you know, I'm we're making sure that they're getting options that they might not have known about otherwise. And, um, and you know, Sean, if you went back to college, if those days back at CalArts, you would totally fit in at USC. Right. That outfit that you were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have a few more minutes till the end of our show, sadly, and we have one more caller that we want to take. Uh, Tony from Brooklyn is on the air. Tony, welcome to Design That's Matters. That's my cousin, Tony. I hope not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, yo, what's up? What's up? Yo, I, I, I'm, I'm a regular listener to Debbie's program. I got, I got a question for you. What's up with, what's up with all the languages? Like dog poop, and this is freaking radio. You know, like I, I just expect you know something, a little, you know, some decorum or something. Noreen, this is actually another friend of yours, and he's disguising his voice, although I think that if he says just a few more words, you'll know that we have the wonderful, the magnificent, the world-famous James Victoria on the phone to say hello yes, to hello. Sean and Noreen. Hello. Yep. How's it going, guys? <laughs> we have a special guest star on the air with Sean and Noreen. Hi, yeah, James. Yeah, I heard that you out to this by far, big guy, <laughs> as far as language. You guys having fun? We're having Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I think this guy does amazing work, too. I have to say, I know this is going to sound really uh, creepy, but I, I think James does really different work than we do. That's there's creepy. There's a common bond. That is creepy, man. That is creepy. Your <laughs> <laughs> work, James, is creepy. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I think the wonderful part about design is that there, I, I meet all these designers that I totally love their work, and I like them as people, too. And I think the w- common thread is that we really watch other people, we really get engaged and, and listen to what other people are, are thinking, and that's in response to the way that we do our work, you know. Um, I think James does amazing work that really hits down to the soul, you know. And um, his language, too, I mean, it, 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 it pellets me in that wonderful way like falling rain. So I, I love you, okay? I just want to let you I'm going to vomit right now. It's it's nice to have all this mutual admiration. Um, Noreen and John, James wants to make a a little plug for something really important that we're doing in New York next week, and I hope you don't mind that we do that. I'm going to steal some time from you, okay? Be my guest. You guys guys got to come to town uh, um, next week because we're uh, the uh, AIGA here. We're doing – do you guys have a fresh dialogue for AIGA out there? No, we don't. We should, huh? No, it's an awesome program. We've got one next Friday, uh, June 10th, at uh, here at uh, FIT at 7 o'clock. It's called um, uh, Friendly Fire. And we've got two studios. One's uh, Cry Associates. You can find the work at cryassociates.com. And the other one is The 62, and they're at the62.org. And uh, one group is uh, Industrial Optimists. They're designers and engineers who work for the U.S. military. And the other is uh, our hardcore dreamers, and uh, um, they're, they're the, the, the similarities and the differences in the work is uh, is awesome. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. 
Whoa, that's inspiring. And I will, I will freaking comp you both. You can get, like, free, okay? You'll get free. You won't even have to pay the $7 or whatever it is. <laughs> hey, I, if it's free, As long as you show up, I'll you're free. And you know what? Your first beer is on me, too. <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're nearing the end of our show, so I, I'd like to just thank James for calling in, and I'd like to thank Noreen and Sean for participating today. Um, I'd, I'd like to also thank the kind and very patient people at Voice America Business for letting us curse so much, Denise Dion, Chris Hilliard, Lori Call, and my executive producer, Brian Travis. I'd also like to thank the staff and my partners at Sterling Group and my incredible producer, Lisa Grant. Please Please join me next week for our second show in our second season. My guest is the extraordinary Eames Demetrios. We will be talking about the Eames legacy and his new collaboration with Nina Paper. Thank you for listening, and please remember, we can talk about making a difference, or we can make a difference, or we can do both. I am Debbie Millman, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Milman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business.